Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blind Donkey Runner Podcast. On this week's episode, I have Coach Charles Jetmore of Gratic Communications. This guy is an awesome guy. Um, as you'll learn in the interview, he's really down to earth. He's old school, but really cool and really awesome. And I hope you guys enjoy listening to his stories and his love of high school athletes and kids in general. I hope that you enjoy this as much as I did recording it and getting to know Coach Jetmore. There we go. Listen to you, man. You, you've you taught me something. I already <laughs> know what, but you've taught me something. <laughs> um. Are you, are you, are you wanting to do the episode now, or is this, a, is there a better time to do the episode? No, let, let's do it now. No, no, no. I have to be gone at seven thirty. Okay, we should be, we should be done by then. Unless, okay, you, unless you get to talking. Well, if I do, I told you what to do. <laughs> so, welcome to the show. I'm, I'm glad to have you on here. Well, I appreciate it, John. I'm not sure what we're doing yet because I'm talking in my office and your Lord knows where, but thank you. Um, so I figured we could start with a little introduction about your career in radio and then we then lead into the stories that I've mentioned before. Okay. Um, how did you get your start in radio? <laughs> uh Actually, jeez, <laughs> that's been almost 40 years ago. Wow. Uh, I, I talked with a person. I had an idea that we, meaning the people in this area, ought to do a better job of, of having kids and, and people and people in sports to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Now, at that time, the radio station was not part of Gratic Communications. Mm-hmm. So we we threw, uh, I think that it was uh, Gray, Mitch Gray, mm-hmm. I think, because uh, Mitch was doing games like f- for B92 when it was part of, uh, well, uh, Dallas Tarkenton on it, but anyway, and he was doing the game of the week. So I think it was through him that I would go to the studio and this is, listen, man, you're talking to somebody 77, but I would go to the studio and I would just talk about the games and what was happening. And I knew some people around the state and we were using, I don't know whose bag phones, but anyway, some, some come. <laughs> so I would call people around the state. And they would talk about football games in their area, mm-hmm. and and it just it just mushroomed. I don't know if that helps you any or not, but you know it it grew from that to uh, the red zone, mm-hmm. and then and then from the red zone when Mister Graddock bought it, uh, it grew from like I think it was one hundred two point seven that he had, I believe that's correct CKS, and of course nine two one. And now it's grown to several stations and live streaming. It's just, you know, just one of those things, I reckon. Yes, sir. Um, 
Now, are you in studio or do you call the games or do you call any games or how does what do you do? <laughs> uh, well, during football season, I'll meet with Matt on a Friday night. Of course, I've got my radio show uh, Monday through Friday mm-hmm. uh, at five o'clock or five oh one or whatever it is. <laughs> but I'll meet with Matt and we'll go to wherever we're going to go. Um, he won't allow me to do anything except plug in a few plugs because <laughs> I am technologically challenged like you would not believe. <laughs> uh, and we said he, he sets up the tent. He sets up everything for the tailgate show, mm-hmm. which is the pregame show for uh, what we used to call the game of the week. I don't know what we'll call it now, but anyway. Um, before that, though, I look to see who is playing who just pretend. Uh, let's say that Carrollton is playing Douglas County. Okay. Well, I treat both those teams like I'm scouting them to play them, mm-hmm. just like I did when I was coaching football a thousand years ago. <laughs> uh, but anyway, and and I watch them, and I get keys and, and everything. I mean, just, just like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so during the tailgate show, we'll talk about different teams that are playing that night. And I'll tell him what I've seen and what I believe and what I think. And and we'll have different guests. And then, of course, after that, they kick off and I get to watch the game, at least mm-hmm. until halftime. <laughs> and and uh, I'll, I'll stand there and watch as, again as if I'm a coach because that's all I know how to do as far as that's concerned. Mm-hmm. And then at halftime, we'll talk about the game that we're doing. And just or that we've just seen for a halftime anyway, or heard, or watched, mm-hmm. and then afterwards we'll pack it all back in again. He'll let me unplug those three plugs, <laughs> and he will let me cart the stuff to the van though, which I do appreciate. <laughs> we'll get in the van. We'll go. We'll go to back to the studio, and we will do the red zone, which. Uh, I, I don't mean hooray me, but is a baby of mine from not a biological baby. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. But anyway, uh, for years and years and years and years, uh, which I'm really, 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 really very proud of because uh, Southwire heard a dream, latched on to it, and has allowed kids in this community. It started as football, obviously. Mm-hmm. but has, has allowed kids in this community to be known, seen, or whatever for years. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think it's been a, a real help to them as far as their career is concerned. So anyway, we'll do the red zone up until about 1 o'clock Saturday morning. I'll go home. You mentioned, you know, you guys – the the outreach of the high school kids that's what that's one thing i love about you guys you always are focused on the kids and the promotion of the kids and getting their names out there and i really respect that from you guys i really that's why i've latched on to talking to you guys and following you guys well straight up with you john um so, some people who claim the title of coach in my in my opinion, I'll probably get in a mess for this, but it won't be the last mess I've been in. 
what they're really doing is warehousing kids and using them for stepping stones for themselves. And, and as far as I know, and as far as I'm concerned, as long as I have anything to do with, with this, that will never be a, even a rung on the ladder for us. Never idea of what we're doing is to showcase kids not fake, showcase kids in a positive light and so that they can one day say to their son or their daughter, Yeah, that's me. You can hear you can you can hear my name. So that that's and Mr. Graddock and and all the people there that, that do this, they are one hundred percent on board with that. And yeah, I really respect that from you guys. Like the, it's you don't see that much, and you should see that a lot more than you do. Well, yeah. Uh, the sad part about it is, is I stomp around this area and over in East Alabama, uh, people come up to me all the time and say, "Why don't y'all uh, broadcast our games? Why don't y'all? Why don't y'all?" And I mean, I hate to say it this way, but sometimes people get in your way to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just uh, I don't know maybe it's because they're embarrassed about their school or their community or whatever I really honestly don't know mm-hmm. but in my mind when you're talking about kids why could you be embarrassed I mean that just makes no sense to me exactly now it could be politics which you know that's that's a different bedfellow but still. <laughs> Uh, and it is politics is in in sports like well you obviously know that look at the look at the all star game uh, of course I know that's that's pros but politics are in in high school sports too that's one thing I I don't I don't I don't like it I I, I wish politics would get out of sports in general well me too but that'll never happen because when you've got big bucks and big bucks are spending big bucks on on well even college athletes now. Mm-hmm. And you you watch, John, I'm telling you, I mean, I'm 77, may not be in my lifetime, but sooner or later, you're going to have big bucks to uh, enter into high school sports, too. Some kid's going to have a shirt or a girl. I mean, I, I'm not knocking girls, and y'all please don't think that. But anyway, some kid is going to have a shirt mm-hmm. with his name on it made by some local community uh, shirt maker. And start selling it. You watch. You watch. Why would it not? Yep. I mean, it's it's already it's in college now, so right. It's gonna float down to the high school level. Sure. Same thing with uh, with agents. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care what anybody says. You got people that are <laughs> virtually selling kids to the highest bidder that are high school kids. And I don't mean that to be wrong or crude or 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 any kind of ism or ist or whatever people want to stick on to it, but it's a fact. Mm. Uh, you know, um, I have this kid, which sounds like, again, an agent. I have this kid who is a five-star athlete, 12 years old or whatever, and uh, he would really like to come, or 15 or 18, he'd really like to come to your school. Uh, he can he can just make you the best on the planet. Mm-hmm. 
And if people don't think that's happening, you you got your head in the sand because it is. I've noticed a lot recently a bunch of high caliber athletes are switching schools. Like, I mean, yep. it's it's kind of a whirlwind. And, you know, when I was in high school, there were a lot of teams that got in trouble for that. Well, sure. And, uh, you know, things have gotten so big now, though, John, that it's next to impossible to do anything about it. I mean, look at that time when Marietta was so good, and then all of a sudden the next year uh, people got punished for Marietta being whatever they were. Uh, Another example, look at Valdosta. Valdosta last year was just the greatest on the planet. Now all of a sudden kids – who had nothing to do with all of that mess down there, whatever it was, those kids this season are the ones that's getting punished for whatever was going on, which I think is just ignorant, but still. Um, they're not going to be allowed to play in the state playoffs. I don't think kids who weren't involved with anything should get punished. That, they're kids. Sure. It's Well, a- even if – and I, I'm not against parents, mm-hmm. but even if their parents are involved – a kid, and I don't know how you separate that. That's from people that are a whole lot smarter than I am. Uh, I, I can tell you one thing that Mike could help is give every kid who enters the ninth grade a one-year pass on transfer. Mm-hmm. Go anywhere you want to. Doesn't matter where you go, but maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. If you go to another school, I don't care. Doesn't matter the reason. After you use that one-year pass, that one-year transfer, mm-hmm. if, you, if you go to another school, you have to set out a year, period, a year. Like So if you use your one-year pass uh, and you go from freshman pretend that I'm going to get you high school, and then your sophomore year you go to I got you high school, and then you decide to change after that, you don't play your junior year, period, no sport. Now, in college, um, I've seen some instances where the transfer we mentioned the transfer portal. You know, Mm -hmm. for the most part, I disagree with it. Um, Situations like uh, the the player from Georgia, Luke Ford, who wanted to transfer back to Illinois so his grandfather could see him play. That well, what did he go to Georgia for to begin with? Then, well, I think his uh, I think his grandfather was like. On his like, uh, really sickly and about to pass away, so that's why he wanted to go back to Illinois. I believe so. That's I may have the story wrong. And I'm not I'm not getting into a uh, a raucous discussion with you. What I'm talking about though is nowadays with everything live streaming and 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 and, mm-hmm. his grandfather could have seen him. It wouldn't have mattered probably if he was playing on Mars. Right. So what difference does it make where his feet are, as far as his grandfather seeing him? True, you make a good point. Um, that was my that was my only. Uh, I'll tell you what, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I'll tell you what's going to happen if kids are not watching. People are not going to recruit them mm-hmm. if they start going from school to school to school. Right. Because, you, like you mentioned, this transfer portal, those colleges now can pick up somebody from some other school that they know can play college ball. 
Right. They know the kid. They know the kid that's in college. They know what his grades are, and, 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 and. They know what he does, more or less, or she, when they're away from home because they're in college, away from mom and dad's eyes or Aunt Sadie or Uncle Joe. Right. So yeah. you're going you're going to have colleges who are going to start watching this, well, I, I call it frog jumping, from school to school to school. You watch it. And those kids, I don't care how many stars they, they have in their crown, those kids are going to be less and less and less recruited you watch it's a it's part of like you're committed like when you're a freshman you know you're committed to your school like i i mean i struggled when you're not when you and i were growing up yeah when i like when i was in high school i i struggled athletically i wasn't that good of an athlete but i tried and i was committed to Oklahoma. i wasn't going to leave my school i mean that I, I wanted to play for the patriots i mean we were we weren't that good <laughs> but i didn't want to go anywhere else right um, I had well, there, and I had friends at other places that I was good friends with, you know, and they were like, I mean, it's better over here, but I was like, eh, I'm I'm good. And and see, I'm sure, John, that has that has a lot to do with your parents or whoever raised you being very solid in their foundation for themselves. And I'm not saying, and I'm sure you'll get some calls about this. I'm not saying that parents who are are using their kids as recruitment tools are not solid in themselves. All I'm saying is, is sometimes parents want to live their life through their child. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying it's bad. That you know, case or rasarat, each his own. Right. I've seen that, and my parents are amazing. I will say that. Now, my parents. See? They, they, they pushed me to be a better person, to be a better athlete, to be a better individual. Um, there's a dog about to come down the stairs, so it's gonna bark. Oh, so, that's fine. Um, she's loud. <laughs> um, but yeah, my parents, like you said, they they raised me to be a better person, to you know strive to be the best I could be, and I really respect that from that. Um. Switching topics, you mentioned you were a football coach. Um, right. Where all, where did you coach and how long did you coach? Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, started out right out of college, right out of Carson Newman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to uh, Harriman, Tennessee. I didn't coach football there mm-hmm. as far as the actual coaching. I was you know, watching and standing and listening and learning and things like that. Because when I went to Carson Newman, they didn't have scholarships like they do now. Mm -hmm. And so I got my knees torn up during spring practice or whatever it's called then. So I didn't have a scholarship, but also I didn't get to play any. Mm -hmm. Uh, that, That didn't mean that I didn't hang around. Uh, Mr. Harmon, who was the head coach, and learned from him because I did. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I went to Harriman, I coached basketball. And so I, I got to hang around both the basketball coach, and I wasn't the head coach at Harriman, and uh, Coach Sutton, and the football coach. Mm-hmm. And I watched, and I listened, and I listened, and I watched. Well, from there, I went to Hiram, which now, John, that's years ago. And at Hiram, I was coaching baseball, 
some, and basketball. Georgia, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Hiram didn't have a football team. Oh wow! And uh, I told you it's been several years ago. This was way before his Paulding County schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paulding County at that time had three different schools: Hiram, Matthews, and Dallas. Hiram, oh. the country school, if you want to call it that. <laughs> Uh, not meaning to be racist in any way at all, but Matthews was the black school mm-hmm. and Dallas was the city school. Mm-hmm. Now, they were all under the Paulding County auspices, but they were as different as night and day, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, uh, Mr. Bullock, uh, a man who owned a hardware store there in uh, Dallas, uh, he and I were talking one day at his hardware store about football mm-hmm. and we just ended up somehow or other not to this day i'm not sure how starting what we call the dallas midgets which was uh 12 11 and 12 or 11 12 13 14 anyway team uh and the good lord allowed us to be extremely successful and those kids, we we went to Columbus and won the Peanut Bowl, which at that time was a big deal in Georgia. <laughs> uh, and then from there, uh, I was asked, because the three schools were beginning to combine. Mm-hmm. Now, Dallas had a football team. Uh, the coach was Rox Hudgens. Okay. And, and Rox and I became friends. And he asked me if I would consider maybe uh, like having like a youth team or whatever. And I said, well, of course. So we did that or I did that. Now, there was no JV or anything like that. One of the funniest things that's happened in that situation, uh, the three schools the three schools combined. Mm-hmm. And so I went around from, from different elementary schools or uh, y'all call them middle schools now. We call them junior highs. Yes, sir. And I would think, I would show kids football helmets and shoulder pads and things like that. So uh, in order for the high school, and I don't know how long we've got, John, but I, I enjoy this. In order for the high school to be successful, anybody that's smart knows that you got to have an under program. Right. So, and I'm jumping in a year or two, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so I went down to Dallas, they formed Dallas junior high. Mm-hmm. And so, and when I say went down, man, it wasn't about as far as maybe 200 yards or so, but anyway, <laughs> uh, maybe further. Uh, and I went, I went to the junior high, started their football program. And here I am standing up on, on an extremely extremely hot day standing up in the stands screaming bloody murder like an idiot <laughs> at those kids that were running around getting in shape mm-hmm. and um one of the kids uh again and I, I won't mention his name but i hollered at him uh and i'll just pretend his name was joe it wasn't uh you got your shoes on your wrong feet he said no sir these are the only feet i got and I and I realized right then that that uh, we we could have some problems as far as how the equipment was to be. I just assumed, spell the word, ass out of you and me. <laughs> uh, I just assumed that every kid knew how to put on a football suit. 
So I got down out of the stands and called them all together. And lo and behold, some of them had their butt pad, but it wasn't where their butt was supposed to be, if you get my drift. <laughs> so I told one of them, I said, listen, son, that pad doesn't belong there. It belongs on your rear end. And he said, I ain't got nothing back there that I want to protect. <laughs> so, so you know, I, I mean, it was just, it was a right. I mean, not a right, like a bad thing. It was fun. I also, yeah. I'm telling you, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next day, they're running around the field again, and I'm down out of the stands now because I'm thinking, hmm, I better get a little bit closer to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids had this this stream of brown stuff coming from his helmet. So I stopped him, and I'll pretend his name was Joe. Joe, what in this world is that? He said, it's a Hershey bar. And he had had, his, he had, had a Hershey bar stuck up in his helmet so that when we took a break, he could eat a Hershey bar. Of course, it was melted like crazy. Uh, but, wow. <laughs> well, you know, and, and so we, we took that. And when I say we, uh, I wasn't doing all this by myself, thank the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> we we took that and we we ma- we mailed it or molded it or sometimes pushed and shoved into a pretty darn good football team. We we played Cartersville one that year. Uh, <laughs> I had a kid. Uh, I'll tell you his name is Art Clay, who was playing guard for me uh, there in Dallas, playing mm-hmm. under guard. He was he may weigh one hundred and thirty pounds, soaking wet. Ooh. And Cartersville had this this humongous guy that was playing more or less engulfing art. And so at halftime, I mean, he, that man was eating our lunch. Mm-hmm. And halftime, I asked him, I said, what the devil's wrong with you, man? He looked at me just as innocent as could possibly be. And he said, I'm getting lost in his navel. <laughs> and I just, I mean, you know, every, everything then, just like you. The kids laughed. I laughed. Heck, man, we went out there and beat them. I still don't well. We were faster than they were. Now, but what you know? Uh, oh Lord, Hoss, I have no remembrance of the year. It was when Dallas, uh, Paulding County Junior High first started being Paulding County Junior High. Oh, okay. Whenever my, that was. My father played for Cartersville. Um, he graduated in '78, so I was just wondering if y'all played them around the same time. Oh no! This was before '78. Let's let me think. Uh, I had a '67 Chevelle. I usually do this by the cars that I've owned, nice. so it was at least at least in '67. Okay. Or it was either '67, '68, or '69, because from '67 I had an in '60 another car, uh, an SS396, which was incredible. Uh, right. 454 horsepower, but still, it would rock. I mean, I'm telling you, it would absolutely rock. But anyway, that's another story. Um, we were really successful, well, kids, um, molded into a bunch of kids. Even now, the, those same kids will, Steve Turner, uh, Kenny Thomason, uh, Rainey, uh, a lot of those kids will, they're not kids anymore, but they're my kids. We'll get in touch with Saul Rainey at uh, New Georgia about, I don't know, two or three months ago. He and I talked for a long time 
about football and such. Um, head coach at Pauley County High School was leaving, and I just I just assumed there's that word again mm-hmm. that I would get that I would get to go to Pauley County High School and be the head coach. Mm-hmm. So I figured that they would ask me, right? I mean, it just seemed logical to me. No, they did not. So I got my feelings hurt. Uh, I I ended up at Pauley County High School anyway <laughs> as a teacher and uh, an assistant coach, not for football, though. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, left Pauley County High School and went to uh, to Hogansville. And, oh. well, the good Lord blessed us at Hogansville. I mean – when when you got talent, talent can make you look like you know what you're doing, even though you may not. I mean, it just does. Uh, I would like to think we knew how to at least get them where they belonged. <laughs> uh, Don Hendricks and I, and I'm not saying who Ray me, but he and I produced with those kids produced some very, 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 very good football teams over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Got an opportunity. You asked me where I know the story, and I don't mean to to spend all of your time, but uh, decided that I wanted to leave Hogansville, and I went to Heard County for a year. Mm-hmm. Coach girl, coach girls basketball loved it, uh, but the people at Hogansville said that they would pay for me to get my masters. Oh, well, wow. I, yeah, and I'm now married. Okay, and and I got kids. Mm-hmm. So I went back to Hogansville. I was living in Hogansville anyway. Uh, got my master's degree, and then from then from Hogansville, I went to Mount Zion, uh, which is where I live now. And do not in any way take anything negative what I'm getting ready to tell you at all about this great place. Okay. But when I went to to Mount Zion, just to give you an idea of what the culture was. I went over to a, a local feed and seed. I was going to buy some nails to to fix some things there on the field. Mm-hmm. Well, at that time, they you bought nails, they would weigh them. You didn't buy them in a, in a box. They'd weigh them, and you'd get a pound of nails or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the kid who was weighing my nails said, are you the new football coach? And I said, I sure am. <laughs> he said, why did you come to the armpit, armpit of the county? Mm-hmm. Well, Hoss, that, that really burnt me up, okay? Mm-hmm. And I and I looked at him, and I said, armpit, huh? He said, yeah. Well, see, we played Mount Zion when I was at Hogansville, so I, you know, I knew the kind of athletes they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I told him, I said, hey, Hoss, you listen to me. Before I leave that place, people will want to be in those stands, and we'll have to turn them away. And he just laughed. Well, the good Lord was good to us. We we did a good job. Those kids, one year we only had 15 kids, but that's okay. Wow. Uh, well, they did a good job. Uh, they cared. They came to practice. Wasn't hard to say offense on, offense off, because, you know, I mean, 15 is pretty easy to count four on, four off. Uh, we were turning people, not literally turning people away, uh, but we people were ended up having to stand around the sides outside the fence to watch. Uh, the good Lord blessed us with an opportunity. I told those kids when I went there, before you are a senior, hopefully, 
you know, everything being logical, you will ride a greyhound to the state playoffs. I even told those, I told those people that too, not mm-hmm. because of me, but I knew the kind of talent that they had. I'm like I said, we played them when I was at Houghtonsville. Mm-hmm. Uh, they never beat us, but you know that's another world. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, one year we played well and ended up riding. I think it's Greyhound. I don't know what it was. Nice bus, anyway. Mm-hmm. Garwood Stadium and played Palmetto in the in the in the state playoffs. And today, uh, will come by or see me in Carrollton, and they will they will remember that trip. Mm-hmm. We met a whale. They were just better than we were, man. That's just all there was to it. Right. Uh, but, but they knew we'd been there and they knew we'd play. Mm-hmm. From there, I went to McEachern, stayed at McEachern for, gosh, 15 or 16 years. Uh, retired. That's a good, that's from, a, oh, go ahead. That's a good program there. Huh, tell me. I mean, there's a people that have no idea what it's like. And again, I'm not, I'm not knocking Mount Zion. You go from Mount Zion to McEachern, which has a lake, I guess, on their campus. Wow. And you, and you can go fishing in their lake. And like I said, I don't know if they still do or not because everything changes. But you can go fishing on their, in their lake on campus and eat your lunch and then go teach your next class. That's, that's the difference. Well, money talks, man. I mean, it does. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, I think they were the first program to have a turf field, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. Wouldn't, wouldn't it all surprise me? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's, you know, they've changed since I, uh, I retired. Uh, <laughs> then they ended up... Uh, and teaching several places over here um, and then re- just totally retired from coaching period. Mm-hmm. I'm old, man. Same. After a while, you just, you just need to kind of, well, I started to say, bring in your, your, I don't know, your tentacles, but I may end up coaching again next year. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm serious. Any any program would love to have you. I bet after your experience and yeah. The the good Lord and I'm and I do not mean any kind of smart aleck at all. Mm -hmm. But the good Lord seems to understand, and I know He does, that I truly, John, care deeply about. My father was killed when I was three, uh, so I, I did not have a father presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had a a person to take a policeman to take great interest in me when I was mm-hmm. uh, mentor would be the word now, but it was more than that. Uh, treat me like his own blood son. Uh, teach me to play. Oh man, that that uh, that was an adventure. <laughs> Teach me to play. Teach me to swim. Teach me to people like people should be taught, as opposed to hating people. Because in my mind, they had, my my father was killed delivering uh, for the army, and mm-hmm. and I hated 
hated people, John. I mean, I was only three, but still, I hated people other than my my mother, my grandmother, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, they had killed my dad. So Mr. Barnes, that policeman, took me under his wing. And I made him a promise. Of course, he's dead now. Uh, he died the day that I grad. Well, it was the day or the day after. I've forgotten which now. After I graduated from college. Uh, but I made him a promise that mm-hmm. if the good Lord would allow I would someday help some kid to make his life hers. Now, mm-hmm. I, I don't take this wrong. Well, I, I don't really care how people take it. <laughs> granted, granted, I help boys more than I do girls. That's that's just it's because I'm afraid that somebody will say, "Yeah, Jet Moore's helping that girl, so what he can get out of her," which is BS. And I don't cuss. That's about as close as I'll ever get. Right. But I, I just, I just kind of shy away from that. Uh, I do help girls. I basketball. Uh, had one girl. To, uh, well, more than one, but several girls. One of them in particular, Janice Thomas, went on to be an absolute outstanding athlete in college. Not just her, but you know. Um, but getting back to your original question, which is probably about a year ago now, uh, <laughs> I do what I do because I care about kids, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, I have one. I've got gray hair already, but there's, and there's, he's not, he's not over here in, in Georgia, but there. That's over in East Alabama. Mm-hmm. Lord willing, and the creeks don't rise. Um, uh, and I said, the Lord, the Lord and I are going to do everything we can to get fellowship. Not, not wrong, not elite. He is right. a really, really good athlete. It's just that he's in a town that uh, small mm-hmm. and. He's just not getting the kind of recognition that, in my in my judgment, not just him, but the recognition that he deserves. So, uh, I'm working hard at that. I I've gotten that town a, a huddle account for their baseball, mm-hmm. and a huddle account for their their basketball. Uh, wanted for them on. Our, a radio show that was shot down, which is okay. Uh, it's not. I mean, you know, but still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I promised Mr. Barnes that I would do everything I could to help kids. Right. Well, that's what I'm after. And that definitely comes through with what you guys, what you and you do, because I've noticed. Like, you generally care. Well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. I truly do. Uh, if it hadn't been for him, man, I probably would be dead now. Wow. that's well, I, I was not a nice person, John. That's, not at all. That's intense. Uh, I'll just give you an example. Now, I got a strong countenance. I went out for the basketball team at my high school. Mm-hmm. 
and I made the team. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So, you know, that's great. I'm a ninth grader and I made the team and I'm practicing and I think I'm really good. And I'm sitting there with a the coach and we're blowing somebody out. And I won't mention names cause I just don't think I should. <laughs> uh, and so I asked him, I said, Hey, am I going to get to play? And he never said a word to me during the game. Mm. Well, now I realize, you know, some coaches are that way. Okay. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, that's each his own. Right. Uh, went to practice. Well, went to practice on Monday after school, uh, did my thing, worked really hard. Uh, we had a game on Tuesday, and that team, according to our coach, was supposed to be just like death eating a cracker. So, you know, I figured, hot dog, I'd get to play. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. So on Wednesday, I asked him, how come I don't get on the floor? And he looked at me straight in the eye, said a few uh, more than a few unkind words to me and told me I would never, ever, 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 ever floor. So I may as well quit. And I looked him in the eye. I don't cuss, period. I don't. Mm. I, I think that's just retarded. If, I, if I'm not capable of coming out in my mind with words that will get said what I want to say, then I've got to go back to the dictionary. Anyway, I told him I would never quit. He could never, ever make me quit. Mm -hmm. So for four years, I never put my foot on a basketball court during a game. But I didn't quit. And I sat beside him. The man knew basketball, Dale, but he he knew how to handle people about like uh, a rattlesnake knows how to handle uh, a rat. (laughs) So senior year. Uh, they call us down to the gym to get our picture made for the team. And I bop down to the gym and he stops me in the doorway and he said, what are you doing? I said, I've come to get my picture made. He said uh, a few words. And so I turned around and as I turned around, I took about three steps and I turned back to him and I said, you didn't make me quit, man. Never got my picture made with him. Mm. That's okay. Hey, I don't, that's another reason why I treat people differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, I learned from him basketball. Oh yes. And I learned how not to treat people and I will never, ever, ever, ever treat people, kids in particular like that. I tell Uh them straight up the truth. I don't lie to them. I mean, you know, if they're a horrible athlete, I'm not going to say you're a horrible athlete. Right. You know, but I'm, I'm not, if they make a team and they give everything they've got, then why shouldn't they get on? Why shouldn't they get on the floor or on the field? Exactly. That's good. That's going back to politics and sports. Yes, it is. Oh, I, I had a, at a private school, I had a man, I wanted us to have, um, a weight room so badly at that. Mm-hmm. And so I bopped into the office one because I was told to come to the office. of the headmaster and the man was there and he said, uh, understand you want a weight room. And I said, yes, sir, I do. And this is before weights was even a big deal. I promise you. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, he pulled out his checkbook, laid it on the headmaster's desk and he said, we can make that happen. 
I said, oh, really? You know, I mean, I'm excited, John. I really am. Right. And he says, uh, I want my son to play varsity basketball. And I said, well, that won't be a problem next year. He said, no, I mean now. And I said, well, that's a problem. Uh, first of all, he's in the eighth grade. Now, right. in private school, in some leagues, you can play in the eighth grade. But but the kid, he would have gotten mauled, John. Jeez. Playing varsity, playing ninth against 19-year-olds. And he may not have ever played again. I mean, you know, I don't know his internal makeup that well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I told him no, that that wasn't going to happen. He said he folded his checkbook up. And he said, well, hey, coach. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you ain't going to get your weight room either. I said, okay. So we put weights on the stage. I mean, not, you know, not anything like what I wanted. Right. But I left the school after that one year. I don't blame you. (laughs) Well, and his son ended up not going to that school after that either. Not because of me, but, you know, I guess he decided, like I told you, some parents just think that way. If I wave my dollar bill around enough, I'll get somebody's attention. I don't know. Right. But anyhow, that's between him and his son. Right. Um, getting back to your other co- – um, now, what other – you said you coach baseball and bas- girls basketball? <laughs> yeah. Um, athletic director. I was a wrestling coach one year. That was a riot. Um, what sports do you, other than football, because I know you're passionate for football, what other sports did you enjoy coaching more? Well, uh, basketball. Okay. You said enjoy. Um, baseball bothers me. Okay. A lot because Conceptually, you could have a, a person, a kid will say, uh, playing in the field who never mm-hmm. who is at the bottom of the batting order and never gets to hit the ball. Mm-hmm. Let's say he swings three times and doesn't hit the ball. And if if you get killed, and I don't mean literally killed, but if your right. team gets, gets getting stomped, he may not get up to bat again. Right. Well, think about that, man. I mean, so of the ones that I've coached, baseball would probably be my least, although I enjoy it now. Mm-hmm. However, because of that, plus when you think about it, baseball, as far as I know, is the only sport where the defense has the ball. That is true. That is very true. Well, that's backward to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, you're you're right. Um now you mentioned your wrestling. Now I'm I, I love wrestling. Oh please. Yeah, I'll tell you about wrestling if you want me to. Oh, I, I was told to mention that and uh-huh. I love wrestling. I it was one of my favorite I like I I love <laughs> in college. Well, what you're talking about is wrestling. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I by the principal of the school uh to be the wrestling coach. Okay. Because he had to combine the staffs 
of all of the schools that was being combined. And I won't mention which ones because I really don't think that's important. Okay. And I said, well, okay. Uh, my, my, what was it? Uncle? Anyway, some kinfolk to me in Nashville was a wrestling promoter. Okay. So I figured I knew about wrestling, right? Right. Okay. So we get ready to wrestle and we go to a highly, 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 highly dominated, very good school. Mm-hmm. And we get ready to wrestle. And my, I think he's like 118 pounds. I don't know. Anyway, we go, he goes out there to shake the guy's hand and they shake hands and he drop kicks him and oh, knocked geez. him, knocked him clean out. John knocked him cold as a Betsy bug. Oh, and well, <laughs> the head coach comes screaming at me and yelling at me and hollering at me. And I told him, I said, Hey, we are ready. My tag team is ready. And he looked at me like I shot him. And he <laughs> said, Jetmore, Jet you are an idiot. I said, Oh no. Oh no. So anyway, uh, we stayed there at that local, and close to me now, but at that local school for him to show us how to wrestle. Well, to me that wasn't that wasn't anything at all. So, I told the principal on the Saturday after we had left that school on a Friday, mm-hmm. the principal on Saturday that. He was going to have to get another coach because I could not stand that that kind of wrestling. <laughs> to me, that that's not what it was. But I never will forget that, man. I mean, it was funny. To me, wow. it was funny. To them, it was not. To the kids getting coming back on the bus. And, oh, yeah, we used to uh, – coaches used to drive the bus themselves, incidentally. Oh, yeah. Uh, so coming back on the bus, we laughed about who was the tag team and and now this this was just a funny but not even true but uh who was going to wear the mask and all kinds of cool stuff <laughs> so anyway that was my wrestling my wrestling coaching career in one day so, um so moving on to another story that I was told to mention uh redbud and cow patties i don't know anything oh, about please. i think every every coach and every team has to be an has to have a nemesis mm-hmm. well redbud before they combined with all those schools up there i think you're called gordon central now oh, okay. red, yeah redbud was a school uh that i don't know man we just could never play them well ever mm-hmm. they're um, still good by the way i figured that but uh, we we trudged up there in the Yellow Hounds, mm-hmm. got off the bus to play them. This is when I was at Mount Zion, mm-hmm. and there were cows on the field. Oh, geez! On the football field. So you know, we we laughed and we talked about it. But you know how you get out and you walk the field. Mm-hmm. So we plotted where every cow pile was. And and this is a fact. I'm telling you the truth. Those people up there probably get mad at me, but it's the truth. <laughs> um, we we would plot toward the cow piles to make 
and of course, I'm sure they had them removed. You know, I mean, we went into the locker room and whatever they did is whatever they did. But me and and my two assistant coaches plotted to to move every defense toward those cow piles, <laughs> so that so that we could have a another advantage. Uh, well, I mean, we we played golly, man, we. We never beat them, as far as I remember. Played mm-hmm. them real tight here at Mount Zion. Uh, missed on a field goal that was probably as close to to uh, you are to your phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the kid was death kicking a field goal. Golly. That's but it. He, he missed it. <laughs> mm. uh, we went to Havel one night to play them. And we, you know, uh, no no reflection on Havel, but they weren't very good. Right. Uh, and we were playing them pretty soundly. And I kept noticing that there were gashes on my kids' arms and, and legs and wherever. Oh, geez. So one of the kids from Havel was knocked into the, our bench area. And I noticed that he had on baseball cleats. So oh. I mentioned I mentioned to the to the white hat. He stopped the game, and lo and behold, they've been playing in baseball cleats. Oh, jeez! Well, they didn't have any other shoes. Makes I mean, sense. they well, they ended up playing in their their sneakers or whatever they had, you know, in the locker room. I don't know what they wore. We just maybe for all I know, but uh, it was just there's been some weird things to happen in our lifetime, as far as in mine, as far as sports are concerned. Yes, there has. Um, I remember wrestling a school in, in high school. They, I don't think they had singlets, and I don't think, think that many of them didn't have wrestling shoes. And I was, you know, I, I was I friends with them, and, and I felt bad for them. But, you know, it was like I, I was friends with a lot of them, so I was, you know, I, I knew them. So right, we saw them. right. Just, well, there's I, another area that, that I enjoy, too. Um. Uh, I own, and not who Ray me, but I own and am the the person, I reckon you'd call it, for mm-hmm. Carol Pauling Sports Officials. Mm-hmm. And, and I started them because uh, some areas in this immediate area were not getting uh, sports officials for their games. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Carol Pauling Sports Officials was started for that reason and – as far as I know, we are the only sports organization that is a nonprofit. And every year, we give back to the communities where we've earned the money. Mm-hmm. Now, the guys and ladies who are umpiring and officiating, that they don't. I mean, don't take that wrong. I mean, they don't have to give their money back. But Carol Pauling Sports Officials gives back to to the communities. We've we've done a lot of things for a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm very very proud of that. And what's beginning to happen that really really bothers me a lot is that you're seeing less and less and less people who want to officiate, and more and more people who want to tell you how to do it from the stands in yep. no uncertain in no uncertain terms. Yep. I, well they're they're gonna keep it up and they're not gonna well it's already happening. 
they're not going to have officials for their games. I, I agree. I've seen this, it. I've heard it too. This pace, this past baseball season, I had nine different communities or whatever you want to call them, uh, call me and ask me if we could do their games. And, you know, I'm going to be loyal to the people that we've worked with for what, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I have to tell them no. And then I get phone calls from one or some of those communities. They're upset because I didn't send anybody. Well, they're not my client. Right. Or worse, they're upset because an umpire comes to the game and he gets there at 530 and he decides that the game is a forfeit so that he can hustle and go somewhere else and do another ball game for somebody else. Not mine. Jeez. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. The good Lord has been good to Carol Paulding. And every time we were supposed to have two umpires or two basketball officials, mm-hmm. we've had them. We've had them so far. But if people don't get off their back and the Georgia High School Association doesn't figure out some way to to quit making it so hard to be an official, I I don't know what they'll do, and I and I truly mean that. Well, as a matter of fact, Georgia High School Association has already said for this football season, mm-hmm. some of the schools are going to have to change, and instead of playing on Friday, they're either going to have to play on Thursday or they're going to have to play on Saturday. Jeez. Yes. Yes. That is that's crazy. Um, well, it's, it's just it's just a matter of. And people are going to say, well, Jet Moore's COVID. No, it's not. Well, I mean, a little bit, but no, it's not. It's been it's been happening for several years. It's just worse. Yep. Uh, I, 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 I spoke with a bunch of people Sunday over in a town in East Alabama and told them that, you know, uh, some of the kids in that community had made over a thousand kids had made over $1,000 refereeing or umpiring. And uh, that's darn good money, man. I don't care what anybody thinks. Oh, yeah. Uh, And would hope that they would consider refereeing and or umpiring also. Not a single one said, yes, I want to. Not a one. So I know that's a plug for, it's not for Carol Pauling. It's a plug for, for anybody, anybody who's hearing you and wants to, and I don't charge to train either. Right. Uh, you know, if they, and it, and listen, John, it's darn good money too now. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, I know I got off the subject. What else is up? <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy listening to you talk. Um, sneaking out of your dorm to play. Oh, a- Lord. <laughs> Oh, well, nah. I, I played in a rock and roll band in Nashville. Oh, nice. And like a, well, yeah, well, that, that was a thrill. And and we were good, Hoss. We were really good. Are there any tracks or tapes where I could listen to this? Uh, listen to Teen Scene. Okay. But this is this is years ago, Chet Atkins. Uh, we're on the cover, okay. and when I say we, that's not me playing the drums. Because <laughs> Chet Atkins, of course, was the guy in Nashville, played a guitar, uh, 
so yeah, I mean, yeah. But uh, I I didn't have my scholarship anymore, and you know I'm paying to go to Carson Newman, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get my money for nothing. And so I would I sneak out of the dorm and get on the Greyhound and and go to Nashville. Carson Newman's in Jefferson City, so you're going from East Tennessee to Nashville and play in the nightclubs. Now Carson Newman, oh, I don't know about now, but at that time. Golly, you talk about strict, mm. strict Baptists. I got in trouble for sitting in in the the student lounge, and I never will forget this, man. There was a jukebox, and the jukebox was playing Green Onions by Booker T and the MGs. Mm. And I'm sitting there, and I'm moving my feet. And I got in trouble because I was dancing. Oh, jeez. Oh, yes. I, it was that kind of, you know, Oh, it was that kind of school. It was a great school. Do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Academically, in, incredibly good. And, I mean, and I knew when I went there that it was strict. I didn't know it was so strict it was like concrete, but anyway. <laughs> so I sneaked out every weekend, and I'd go to Nashville, and I'd play in the nightclub. And I've never drank, and I won't. I've never smoked, and I won't. A lot of it's because of what I saw in that nightclub, which was nothing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just being straight up with you, people would come up and say, hey, will y'all play pretend uh, you're cheating heart? And I say, sure, feed feed the kitty. And we'd have a big old uh, fishbowl there. And I guess they thought they were putting a dollar in, but they'd be putting $100 in, and I'd never <laughs> tell them to get – never, ever, ever would I tell them to get change. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I mean, that's their fault for drinking in my yep. mind and being stupid. But anyway, so I was crawling back in the window and the Dean of students says, uh, uh, well, he spoke to me, not, not ugly, mm-hmm. but he explained that he really enjoyed, uh, uh, getting Charles Jetmore's money. Cause I was paying for it. My, my mother and I were paying for me to go to school there. Me. And he told me to come see him on Monday, and so I did. And he told me that I had to leave, and I told him, kind of like I did that coach. I said, no, I'm not. And he said, well, you're not going to go and play in a nightclub and represent Carson Newman. And I said, okay, what can I do? He told me to go across campus to the infirmary, and I thought, good Lord, why did I do that? But anyway, I did, (laughs) again, because he's, you know, I mean, he's the man in charge. Right. I went to see Miss Manley, the nurse, and I be and I started working in the infirmary. And one of the things that I did was I'd go to the lunchroom and I'd get the lunches or the suppers, according to when my time was, mm-hmm. bring them back, feed them. And then my other job was to clean out the bedpans, which is fine, you know, it's no big deal. But during the winter, Man, we had the cleanest bedpans you can ever imagine because I'd take those bedpans because it snowed in East Tennessee, man. I'm talking about snowed. And there were hills, and I'd take those bedpans, and I'd slide down the hills with the bedpans. <laughs> I mean, why not? Well, I mean, what else have I got to do? <laughs> exactly. But anyhow, uh, but I made it through Carson Newman. Uh, then I went to West Georgia and got my master's. And two six-year certificates or whatever they're called. Uh, and 
was able to, well, do what I'm doing with you right now. Awesome. Um, I usually end the episode with uh, some rapid-fire questions. All right. And then we'll plug whatever you want to plug and uh, talk about whatever you have left to talk about. And Can I do one thing before you do? Yes, sir. I am very, very proud that I hold God in my heart and that I'm a Christian. And uh, because of that, I truly, truly think that I have a message to give to people. And that message is really simple. Treat people like you'd like for them to treat you. You'll be okay. Thank you for that. Sure. People needed to hear that. Well, thank you. There's not enough people in this world treating people the right way. Amen. Um, so you live in Mount Zion, correct? I do. What is the best place to eat, in your opinion, in Mount Zion? In my house. <laughs> um, okay. What about restaurants? There is, there is no place, John. Oh. Okay. What's your favorite place to eat in the Carrollton area? Oh, Wow. Uh, whoa, hey, probably old Charlie's or Jefferson's. Okay, old Charlie's steaks and Jefferson's uh, oysters. All right, um, my family likes oysters from there too. Oh, incredible. Um, what's your favorite, favorite or best southern, southern saying you've ever heard? Best southern southern thing I ever heard. Uh, saying like phrase. Oh, okay. Uh, Caddy Wampus. <laughs> I love that one. Oh, that's hilarious. That's awesome. Um, let's see. Favorite sports memory, either in per- either. Well, we'll go in person, and then on TV or on radio. Well, my favorite sports memory uh, was meeting Mickey Mantle. Oh, wow. Okay. We got to expand. You know, and, and, and John, that was not, you know, that was a handshake and a howdy do, and that was it. Oh, wow. That, that's but, but still, um, yeah, that, that was incredible. Incredible. My second favorite sports memory uh the Milwaukee Braves used to come through Nashville and play a, a like a scrimmage game with the Nashville Vols. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it would pack. Sulfordale Ballpark, that's where they played. And, and so what they would do is they would let people, young people especially, sit on the field because there was this great big hill in right field that was part of the field. Oh, wow. And, and I got to sit – on the field, and Hank Aaron was standing about four feet from me. Oh, wow. Of course, he, you know, he don't take this wrong, but he wasn't anybody then, you know. I mean, it was the Milwaukee Braves, which mm-hmm. was was just a team. But that that was cool for me. I can imagine. Oof, that's, that's crazy. Um, do you have a not-in-person not, not memory that you want to throw out there? Uh, help me help me to understand what you're after, and then yes, uh, uh, 
I guess something you've witnessed like on TV or on radio that you that stands out in your mind sports wise. Hmm. Um. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, okay. I used to drive a drag car, a drag, a dragster, double A gas supercharged Mustang. And uh, Richard Petty was at Dallas International Drag Strip. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, and if I'm I'm sure it was he, but I, you know this has been thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. And and he wasn't running NASCAR then. I think they were having a big blowout or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he he had a Plymouth Barracuda that was called Hemi Under Glass, mm-hmm. and he was on he was staged and doing all that stuff, and the engine blew up. Oh geez. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, it was awful. So and I, I know that's kind of morbid, but that's that's stuck in my brain. Wow. That's that's crazy. Um, yep. Favorite radio broadcaster. Ooh. Oh. Whoa. I guess Noel Ball in Nashville, Tennessee, a thousand years ago, because he gave he gave me my first opportunity to be on radio when I was twelve. Oh wow! Yeah, so I guess he. I've got a picture of it somewhere, with me with a microphone in my face and me singing. Oh wow! Um, that's 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 crazy. That's really cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, I told you I'm old, man. <laughs> nah, you don't. You don't seem your age. Well, thank you. Um, and my final question is: coffee? Oh, absolutely, black and strong all day long. <laughs> now, usually my question is favorite beer, but you've already mentioned that you don't drink, so I'm gonna skip. The, or, never have, never will. Coffee. Um, all right. Man, I've really enjoyed this, and I'm glad Casey sent sent your number my way. Um, is there anything you want to mention before we get out of here? I appreciate what you're doing, and I hope that at least one person that will listen to this will help one kid. And if they will do that, then we can turn this, this world around. We certainly can, one kid at a time. And one last thing, you have got a mountain that you want moved. And I give you a spoon, John. Mm-hmm. How are you going to move that mountain? Through God. One spoonful at a time. Yes, sir. You asked me to leave you with something, so there it is. And if I, if you ever see me, uh, if you say one spoonful at a time or somebody that's listening to this, I'll know exactly what you mean. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to getting down there to the Carrollton area and meeting all of you guys, especially. I wish you would. I truly do. How am I going to hear this? Um, I can send you the message. Um, I can send you a link to the podcast. Um, do you have Apple or podcasts? On your no, phone? no. I have Android. Okay, but you awesome. can you send it to my my email? 
I can do I can send both. Um, just when we get off here, send me a text message with your email, and then I'll get it to you. I'll do it. Well, Coach, I wish I hope that people hear this and realize that they need to be more like you and treat kids the way that, treat people and kids the way they need to be treated. So, well, thank I, you, John. I hope people hear this and learn stuff from you. And I appreciate that too. And thank you for letting me. Well, it's been a blast talking to you, Coach. I, I look forward to meeting you one day. All right, my friend. You take care. You have a good one. Bye.